John Valor is the uh, inventor of the paperclip. At least he uh, filed the patent for the paperclip. There was other ways that people attached paper together, but he was the guy. So you think about a paperclip, what's a paperclip for? It's to hold things together. And I don't know about you, but I've certainly been feeling like a paperclip these last few months. See, if you're a paperclip, you're just trying to hold things together and you're just trying to grab all the parts and pieces of your life and, and just have it and control it and make sure it's together. And that, that is exhausting. Whew. So uh, another thing you use paperclips for, I don't know if you've done this, where you use a paperclip, you know, to uh, you open it up and it's just that handy little size wire to poke in the reset button in your phone or your technology. You know, they've put those things in if you need a hard reset, right? And uh, paper clips are good for that. That's pretty handy. I don't know who invented that. But my invitation for us today is how can we do a hard reset on our life? If we are feeling like a paperclip, just trying to hold things together, how can we push that button and get a reset? Well, you may be wondering, why is there this line from the front of the sanctuary all the way to the back of the sanctuary? And if you're online, I hope you can see this. See? I hope you can imagine in this line that this line begins in the garden at the beginning of time when God created, put the first man and woman, put the tree of life in the garden. God was sustaining all things. God was providing for them. And then time starts moving forward. And time with God goes on and on and on into eternity. Generation after generation after generation going on and on. Now, our little paperclip can represent the moment of time that we live in. I mean, I can think about my paperclip and putting it on this line of eternity and just hanging it right there. And I know you can't even see that little tiny thing in all of eternity. But that little moment represents my 47 years or your however many years. And you think you came from the garden in time all through history to this point in time. And now it's going forward into eternity with God. And sometimes we can feel like, again, we're that paperclip just trying to hold things together. When in fact, we are just part of the line. We are part of God's story. We're part of what God is doing in history. And so instead of us being holding on to things and holding our life together, in fact, it is God who's holding this whole line at all times. Every event, every person, everything is being held by God. So hopefully that's the invitation of the reset this morning, that we can use our paperclip to let go of trying to hold on to everything in our life and instead use the paperclip to reset and push the button and come back to this perspective of God and eternity and our place in it. Well, in this invitation to reset, we have this scripture that Laura Lee so wonderfully read from Revelations chapter 21 and 22, the last two books in the scriptures. And those words were written by John, who had this vision of heaven. And he had this vision. It said he was on this mountaintop, and he saw this 
New Jerusalem city descending from heaven. Now, when you talk about heaven, and John's trying to talk about heaven, there's some inherent challenges. The biggest challenge being that we are humans living on earth, and all we know is earth. We cannot even begin to imagine heaven because we're stuck in our little selves here on earth. And that's not a problem. It's just a challenge. So there's this invitation in this vision to see something different than what we know here. So John has this challenge. And so what does he do? He says, okay, well, I see this city coming down and, you know, it's 1,500 miles wide by 1,500 miles long by 1,500 miles tall trying to describe it in ways that we can grasp. And basically, what does that mean? It's really huge. I mean, it's just really, really big. That's what that means. And then he goes on to say other things like, you know, here on earth we experience these things, but there there's no sorrow or crying or pain because the old has passed away and the new has come. So he's using things that we know on earth and saying, it's not like that there. So he's saying these things, and he, in that list that Laura Lee read, he, he gives three things that are not there in heaven, Com- comparing and contrasting earth and heaven. And then he gives three things that are there in heaven, and it's really quite interesting. So to just dig into these things and to push the reset button by imagining heaven this morning to begin by thinking about heaven, what's not there? First, John said, there's no temple. No temple for John was a big deal because he's coming out of the Jewish religion, out of the Jewish culture, which for hundreds of years, the center of their life and worship is the temple. I mean, way back to when they were wandering in the desert and God helped them put together this tabernacle in the desert, he gave them instructions, like, here's, put this room together called the Holy of Holies. And then outside that is another room, and then another layer, and another layer. And then there's a whole sacrificial system about how you participate in there. And that was their way to come to God. Because in that Holy of Holies was where the presence of God resided on earth. And that's a pretty special spot. The spot, the place, the room where the presence of God resided on earth. So when John's like, there's no temple there, that's shocking. That's almost unimaginable for him. But instead, what do we have? Instead of there being a temple, we now have the very presence of God with us. And that is so much better. That is amazing. That's wonderful. God's presence with us. Now here today, as we're living in our story with God on the timeline of God, we are probably very shocked that there's no temple. Because what happened? The reason we're even talking about this passage of Scripture today is because five weeks ago, Jesus rose from the dead. Resurrection. And then Jesus lived 40 more days on earth, interacting with people and his friends. And on that 40th day, he ascended to heaven. He went back up to heaven to take his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. So we now have this opportunity to experience God's presence here with us now. Not in this full way in heaven, but we have the Holy Spirit who comes. Jesus ascends. 
40 days after his resurrection, 50 days after his resurrection, 10 more days, is Pentecost, when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. So we have, in part, now in this life, the presence of God living within us, the Holy Spirit. We can gaze upon God. It is through faith, not through our eyes, but we have that opportunity in life on earth right now. So, God's presence is in heaven. And second, it's so fascinating. He said, you know, there's no need for the sun or moon. You know what would happen if we didn't have the sun or moon? We would freeze to death pretty immediately because the sun gives heat and energy. The sun gives life to us. It gives us photosynthesis through the trees. Like, the sun and moon is very essential to us. There's no wonder that cultures around the world throughout history have worshipped the sun as the life-giving source. But here, John says, what? There's, there's no need for it because God's glory brings the light. Now, you think about this. You think about the sun is just one of the many, 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 many stars in heaven. Just one. And I love how Isaiah says, about God, who can you compare God to? Just think about God. God knows all the stars by name. God keeps all the stars lit in heaven. I mean, so the, no need for the sun because God is the creator. God is way bigger. So it's almost like, if you just think about that dull little light bulb over there, like that's the sun compared to the sun we know here on earth. Like, it's just a small, tiny thing compared to God the creator. So God's glory is the source. God's presence is with us. So now God is providing everything we need. He's the provider. He's the source. And we can turn to him now, and we can look forward to that day in heaven when we will be face-to-face -face in presence with him. Well, third, it says that the gates won't be shut. Well, that's kind of interesting. Why does John even imagine and see walls? I mean, he says that the walls are like 216 feet thick. I mean, why does this city even need walls if the gates are never shut? But, again, it's this fascinating image of trying to get from earth to understand what heaven is like. Because these gates here on earth, they represent protection, shelter, security, safety. You know, why do you shut the gates at night? You know, to keep out all the bad things that are trying to get in and to take and to steal. So these gates in heaven, they're never shut because there is no evil, bad, corruptible. It's all good. And again, so for John, it's like, how do we even imagine heaven when in our lives all we can imagine is good and evil just being really intertwined. I mean, good and evil in our lives, you can't separate them out. We can't even imagine this idea of heaven of good only and the total absence of evil. We, we can't even grasp that because in our lives on earth, it's so intertwined. But what a beautiful picture of heaven that the gates are never shut because there's no threat. God is bringing security. God is bringing protection. We are living in God's care. So these are three things that are not in heaven in 
somehow trying to understand heaven. And these are three things that we begin thinking about how we experience them here on earth in part. You know, in part, we can experience God's presence, not visibly with our eyes yet, but through faith. We can't experience the not needing the sun here on earth, but we can imagine God is the source. God is the provider. God is holding it all together. You know, we still have gates and locks and chains and things to protect. But we can begin imagining that we live in a world that is the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. That God's in control. He's caring. He's providing the security we need. So we leave the things that are not there. And then John gives us three things that are there. The first thing he says is the river of the water of life. This river of life that's flowing endlessly, continually, abundantly from the throne. It's just like flowing out. God is giving life. Again, we take this image from earth. What do you need to live in this life? You need some water, especially here in Denver. We need some water all the time. We worry about it, very concerned about the snowpack. Right? The water is what we know here. But in heaven, this image is that God is providing it. It's there. It's always there. And it's abundant. And we have this image throughout the scriptures because it's so relevant to us about water, where Jesus says, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And I will give that person rivers of living water from within. So there's this image that we're beginning to taste it here on earth, but in heaven, it'll come in its fullness. Then we have this tree of life. You know, we go way back to the garden. We remember that there was this tree of life. And now it's in heaven. And again, it's unimaginable. Because I don't know if you have ever seen a tree growing up on both sides of the river. But that's what it says. It's so odd. What is it doing? Is it one tree growing up? Is it just the river is lined by a tree? But the river is giving life. And now here's this tree growing up. And what is the tree doing? The first image is that it's producing fruit. I mean, it is producing fruit every month. Like, we worry about food, food security. I mean, this is an earth thing. Do I have enough food? Where am I going to get my food? Can I store it up? If I have my crops in the field, are they going to get ruined by this spring snow? I mean, this is a worry we live with. But here in heaven... God's provision is abundant. It's ongoing. It, you don't need to worry about it anymore. You don't need to worry about rot or decay or storing up. Because God is continually providing. Oh, that feels good. And that's true now. I mean, yes, you need to eat and all these things, but we can still put ourselves into God's care, even when it comes to the food we eat today second thing that it talks about is the tree is the tr the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations how amazing that the leaves are healing when you think about your tree in denver here i mean the leaves just popped out in an amazing way but what do you think about the leaves you think well they're good for shade this summer you know the leaves they, they're good for exercise this fall when i have to pick them up but you take one more step, you think about the leaves. The leaves are giving us oxygen. 
we think about the healing power of oxygen in our every breath and what oxygen does for life. And here we have this tree that's giving food and fruit, and we have the leaves that are giving oxygen. And now you add up all these things, and you have God as the provider, the source, who is our source of life, energy, like the sun is in our experience on earth. God is our safety. He's our protection, like gates here are on earth. He is our source of food and provision. He's our source of oxygen and breath. And God is all of that. He's that fully in heaven, and he is that certainly now, even though our experience might be limited. And then finally, we come in this inclusio that we began with. There's no temple because God's presence is with us and his glory. And then it includes all the way to the end where it says, what is there? The throne of God. Hallelujah. God's throne is there. God is in control. He is ruling It is happening because he's holding it all together. And that (laughs) is what we long for today as we put our eyes on him and gaze upon God and his ruling and his, his place in our lives and in this world. Well, as you have the opportunity this morning to consider your life as a paperclip, Perhaps you are trying to hold a bunch of stuff together and you're wondering how you will make it through this. The invitation this morning is to instead use the paperclip for a reset to see the life on the timeline of God, to see heaven ahead, to see that you are not a finite being that only exists for these number of years and what you hold on to now is all that matters. You are an infinite being. Because if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if you have called on the name of Jesus, if you have believed in Jesus and his resurrection and the life that he gives, you are an infinite being that will exist with God in heaven forever. Hallelujah. So in pushing the reset button, by simply imagining heaven, to join John in this vision of heaven, You know, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, there's plenty of trouble and work and struggle and hardship in the things we are holding together. We're not dismissing any of that. We're acknowledging it. But we're also lifting it up to God and saying, God, I'm not alone. You are holding me. You hold a whole community of people who are also holding me. I'm not alone. I'm in this with you, and it, it is yours to hold. Perhaps it would be helpful to do a little participatory activity. And if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, it's okay. But you, perhaps you could take your two fists and pretend that you are a paperclip holding on tightly. And you can imagine whatever it is you're holding on to in life today. (laughs) And squeeze that thing to death. No, just hold it tightly as if you can control it. (sighs) But then say, I'm not a paperclip. I'm a child of God. And open your hands, lay them on your lap, and rest. Rest. 
to receive what God is providing for you. And know that he's holding the whole line of all eternity. He's holding you. He's holding each one of us. And he is in control. And as you sit with that image, perhaps you can imagine yourself along that river of life with the water flowing by and the trees around you just loaded with fruit. And you can just imagine God caring for you in this moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you as our great God who is in control. God, you started things way back in the beginning of time. And you are controlling and holding and keeping, sustaining all things through to the end of time. And God, when this world passes away and you bring down the new Jerusalem, heaven, we just look forward to participating with you in that and being with you forever. Reset our hearts to become aligned with you today and to live in your presence now. Pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.